AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The U.S. is still awaiting final results on some of the House races as both parties prepare for what is expected to be a major announcement tomorrow from former President Trump. There's still plenty to be settled, and we're going to let that play out because we've got to check in on the economy and get an update on the used machinery market. Live from Monday the 14th. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk This Morning. We'll begin with a conversation with Machinery Pete. That's Greg Peterson. Then it's Dr. Vince Malanga from LaSalle Economics. And right after the news, a weather update from Brett Waltz from BAM WX. I, handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Ow. Oh, man, I tell you. Ow. Great weekend. Great weekend on my yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, I got to see some friends that I haven't seen for a for a year in in mm-hmm. some cases I loved getting together with them. Now uh, were, had had were a fun time. So were they, avo- yeah, were they avoiding you? Was there something you had said maybe and they were like, uh, "You know what? We just want, or just sort of life. Life gets yeah, in the way life. sometimes." Okay. Life, yes. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear and that. Admitted, admittedly, you know, some there, there is a reason that we gather once a year in South Dakota. Uh huh. You know, so maybe we only get a chance to really see each other once a year, anyway. As it is, yeah. But still, chasing those uh, see them. speckled swans, as I understand <laughs> that, it, right? Is that, that that's wrong? That's wrong. That's, now that's incorrect nothing, as well. Hmm. That is that. Yes, that's as incorrect as your. Yeah, as you can get. Yeah. Check with the yeah. internet on that, I guess. Uh, you should. You Update should. my files. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. That is Davis Michelson. Hello. Uh, the, Vince Malenga, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, I'm looking forward to the yeah. conversation with Brett, with Greg. But, Vince, after the CPI data that we got last week, the inflationary indicators that were in there, got to talk to him about that and whether or not the equities got it right. Because it was a huge rally in the equities last week. Did mm-hmm. they get it right? The dollar just, the bottom got pulled out from underneath the U.S. dollar index. Do the, did the currency markets get it right? We'll talk about all that with Vince coming up here in just a little bit. All right, man, let's get to it. What you got in the news? Well, Chip, still no certainty about which way the U.S. House of Representatives will fall as counts in several too-close-to-call races continue. Yeah. The Republicans are six seats short of the 218 seats they would need for a majority. Right now, the Democrats are at 204 seats. The final results may not be known for days, but veteran election watchers still think the GOP will have a very modest control of the House. Yeah, they thought veteran um, election watchers thought that it was going to be a landslide for the Mm -hmm. Republicans. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put any guarantees in there anywhere. At this point, no. Well, in the Senate, some Republicans believe this week's leadership elections should be postponed until after the outcome of the December 6th runoff contest in Georgia. A petition led by Republican senators called for a delay, saying we are all disappointed that a red wave failed to materialize 
and we need to have a serious discussion within our conference as to why and what we can do to improve our chances in 2024. A lot of chatter about what that why and what they need to do might be, Chip. Well, may need to examine some of the leadership that's in place if you're looking for a reason that what happened last week happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many reasons, so many reasons. Um, some of them, eh, I would say are borderline legitimate. Mm-hmm. But you, if the Republican Party is is looking for why last week happened the way that it happened, Mm-hmm. You better start with an internal look and and figure it out from there. Always good to look inward, Chip. Yes. Well, the Biden administration on Friday proposed to tighten regulations on the oil and gas sector aimed at controlling emissions of methane. The Environmental Protection Agency projects that in 2030, the requirements could cut 87% of methane emissions from the pollution sources that it regulates when compared to 2005 levels. There's something about this I just don't like, Chip. Well, there's a lot of movement on this, and and it's COP27, and it's one-upsmanship. And, you know, when you get into one-upsmanship on climate issues like this, you're making promises that you might not be able to keep. Ukraine's President Zelensky visited the liberated city of Kherson and addressed a crowd gathered in the main square. Zelensky reported that Ukraine was, quote, ready for peace. Earlier, he said that investigators had documented more than 400 war crimes committed by Russian troops around the city. Ukraine has also accused Russia of laying mines around critical infrastructure. I have no idea what's happening here, man. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Mm. Uh, Meanwhile, a Kremlin spokesperson told reporters negotiations to extend the Ukraine grain export deal are ongoing and constructive. Russia has criticized the deal for not opening up Russian grain and fertilizer exports and that much of the ag goods shipped from Ukraine have gone to Western nations rather than the neediest countries around the globe. China will reportedly increase pork imports in the coming months after losses for farmer last year caused a reduction in domestic hog numbers. A manager at a feed producer that supplies more than 100 mid-sized hog producers across China told Reuters, quote, I think there's 25 to 30 percent fewer hogs than a year ago. And the People's Bank of China and its partners outlined 16 steps they would take to strengthen the real estate sector, starting with extensions on debt payments. And finally, Chip, tens of thousands of people demonstrated against Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Lopez Obrador's proposed constitutional changes to transform Mexico's electoral body. All right, Davis, thank you very much. Uh, Let's get Brett Waltz in here from BAMWX.com. Good morning, Brett. And good morning, Chip. How are you? I'm doing just fine, just fine. So the the feature this week here in the U.S. is it, it's really starting to get running right now in in the middle of the country, isn't it? Yeah, it is for sure. We've got a, a kind of a weaker storm system, but a powerful cold front that's going to lead to uh, really widespread light snow all the way from North Dakota down through uh, Amarillo, Texas, and up into the upper Midwest and even into the Northeast. It's just going to be a, a lot of areas seeing some some light snow, not a major snowstorm or anything yeah. like that, but some light early season snow of the next several days. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like two and a half days of snow and maybe up to three inches. So you know, I, yep. I guess we can take that it is is the local forecast anyway, Brett. Um, this cold front or the, the cold snap after how how cold are we talking? 
Yeah, we're talking about record-breaking cold. Uh, it's definitely not your normal November cold front. Uh, we're talking about by Friday morning, temperatures in the north-central U.S. not getting out of the teens for much of the Dakotas, Minnesota, and even northern Iowa. Uh, widespread record-breaking temperatures uh, from Minnesota down through Kansas. Uh, some low temperatures possible in the Dakotas by Friday, Saturday morning uh, into the negatives, um, probably below zero in some of those areas. So just, just very unusual for this time of the year. And frankly, the cold pattern hangs around all the way into next week too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's negative, negative temperatures in November. I can do without buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> take, take us down to South America real quick. What's the feature? Yeah, for sure. So they actually did get a down towards Cordoba, a little bit of rain, over the past 72 hours, but going to dry back out here the next couple of days. I do think into this weekend, maybe some rain chances down in Argentina, but in the extended range, it's still looking pretty dry, Southern Brazil and for much of Argentina uh, down through the end of November. All right, Brett. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right. You too. That is Brett Waltz. BAMWX.com. We got Machine Repeat coming up next right here on Agritalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Chip sounds like uh, hot cocoa weather on tap yeah. for most you of think? us. Most yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hot cocoa weather. Looking forward to yeah. it. It'll be yeah. cozy. I, re- Don't you I remember. It's, now, this has been a while ago it, mm-hmm. because it was... But so I'm guessing that this was maybe eight years ago, something like that, heading mm-hmm. into town uh, for a uh, for for work and hit the creek bottom mm-hmm. and the uh, the thermometer on the truck read like negative 28. And that, that was a November morning. Yeah, yeah. it gets cold. That's it's, beyond cocoa. I mean, yeah, there, there's a limit to what cocoa can do. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know, something a little stronger, maybe that. But day. still, well, but hey, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta have the base of cocoa in there on whatever you're doing. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You start there. The start there. All right, let's get right to it. Greg Peterson, Machine Repeat, uh, is with us because I know Greg, you were excited about this auction over in Ohio. You talked about mm-hmm. it last week. Uh, you you took the crew, 
uh, over to do a, a machine repeat TV, and and the feature, the feature on this auction is uh, is fairly unique. It's it's your pick of the week. Let's hear about it. Yeah, it was really fun, Chip. We were in Galleon, Ohio, Saturday. It was uh, kind of a downsizing auction for brothers Kevin and Steve uh, Souter and their dad Roland getting out of the livestock end of it, focusing on the grain and uh, sale by Wilson National. And yeah, the, the piece that really drew me over was the 2020 Artsway 6140 grinder mixer, never been used. The brothers bought it, I think, right before the COVID and the pandemic. And then they, you know, it was tough on the livestock side and they, you know, was so they kind of got out of it, but never been hooked to a tractor before. And I, I mean, I knew this thing was going to be red hot, but holy right. smokes. So for 57,000 bucks, um, I posted a YouTube video when I was sitting at the Columbus airport Saturday after the sale. And yep. uh, it, it was amazing. The, the highest auction price I'd ever seen on a used grinder mixer chip coming in was 42,750. That was, uh, I think a larger arts way back, uh, two years ago in Colfax, Iowa. And again, we knew this was going to be hot. I mean, not many companies make them anymore. It's hard to find used ones. Um, you know, there aren't many small elevators left to grind the small batches of feed. Right. right. And so it's just, I talked to the gentleman that bought it and he came up to me afterwards and he said, Pete, he said, you know what these things cost new? And I'd heard a, a quite a range. I'd actually heard from about this number up into the high sixties, if you can find one. Yeah. Um, so I think the brothers bought it two years ago for 45 K and it brought 57 on Saturday. So yeah. And that wasn't the only eye opener and it was a fun sale chip because it was a small auction and we liked for the TV show. I yep. mean, it's cool. To, it's cool to see the big late model stuff and 250, 300 K, but I mean, farming is a wide swath, right? So Darn right. Uh, that was a manure spreader on the sale. Again, very nice. I knew it would be strong, but my goodness, uh, a 2010 uh, new Holland 195. It's yeah. over 18,000 bucks. Oh. Now, that's the highest auction price ever on a 10-plus-year-old 195 spreader. But, I mean, get this. The highest I've ever seen at auction on a 195 spreader was just earlier this year out in Pennsylvania back in March. But it was a 21 model that brought 23,000. So now you got a tw- almost 13-year-old one. You know, and the, the guys used it. And yeah. it brought 18,000 bucks. So. And again, right on down the See, line. These just... feel like availability things where guys are just concerned. And and I think legitimately so mm-hmm. that if if they want a good mixer mill, they're not not going to be able to get one. If they want a good manure spreader, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to get one. Is yeah. there availability issues on this? Well, it like I've been saying since, you know, it's I've been shouting it all year in my Norwegian way. It's like, guys, this, there's never been this tightness on the used market with dealers before. Now, I was out in Ohio, and there's been consolidation in the dealer network everywhere across North America. But it is, they're just, you know, the dealers are bigger. They were already cranking down inventory before the pandemic hit. It's just this unbelievable swirl of conditions. And yeah, you're right. It's all about availability. I mean, more examples from the sale. Hay equipment. How about uh, 2009 Anderson Hybrid Inline Tube Wrapper? One owner. Okay, nice rig. 24000 bucks. Now, we film it. 
guy comes up to me afterwards and goes, Pete, I sold that to the, to the brothers a couple of years ago. And I, I have talked to so many, I can't remember what he said, but it was significantly less than 24 K. Uh, also a disc buying a new Holland H 72, 30, 10 foot, 13 models, almost 10 years old for 20 K average this year is like 14, three. So again, good condition used. And I told the brothers, by the way, Kevin and Steve, what great guys. I actually met them seven years ago on an auction out in Ohio. And uh, Kevin was funny. I was <laughs> leaving the auction. He goes, Pete, he goes, we got to trade. I need your hat. And I'm like, this ready old thing. And he goes, yeah, I want that hat. So we, <laughs> we traded. It was awesome. But they, uh, I told the brothers, I said, you guys, your timing is perfect. And they just kind of smiled. And I said, no, I'm serious. People ask me for years, timing of auctions in the middle of November is absolutely when I would have my sale. And again, guys had an unbelievable day Saturday. Well, good, good. Well, I tell you this on Saturday afternoon, I was sitting around with a bunch of guys, football games were on. And yep. all of a sudden I find myself watching this auction of this grinder mixer <laughs> <laughs> that you had posted. And pretty soon somebody says, Hey, are you watching an auction? What are you, what are you watching? And I said, grinder mixer. And, uh, uh, you know, a few comments about easy to entertain, uh, kind of a weird, you know, it, it, yeah, I got a lot mm -hmm. of comments about watching a, a, uh, <laughs> an auction hey, on a grinder. Hey, mixer. thank you yeah. for watching. It was, uh, <laughs> I had a funny comment. A guy came up to me at the sale Saturday and he goes, uh, and I'm trying to remember, I talked to so many people, but he said something like, Pete, one of my buddies called me and he was looking at the sale and he goes, God dang it. That machinery Pete guy's at the sale. Now everything is going to sell high. And I just <laughs> laughed and, you know, Wilson national, yeah. they do an awesome job. Actually, they have an amazing sale coming up this Friday. Okay. Trip, um, in London, Ohio, it's a retirement sale for Jeff Bethard farms. And we talked tractors being hot. Wow. They got a 2011 case Magnum 245 with 1,808 hours on it. An 07 Magnum 275 with under 1,900 hours. A 12 model Kubota L4600 with 352 hours. Oh, man. And a really nice case H 2366 combine. So check it out, folks. It's uh, willnat.com. W-I-L-N-A-T. Okay. Great folks. And uh, I also got to interview... Uh, it's a three-generation auction company, and I got to interview, of course, Mark and his son, Brandon, but then Mark's father, Marvin, started in 1958. And what a treat to interview Marvin yeah. about what it was like selling auctions back in the 50s and 60s. So great time. Very cool. Very cool. Take us further east over to Delaware. Yeah, Saturday. You might have seen the blog I had on this one yesterday, but at 1989, John Deere 4255, two-wheel drive, just under 3,100, one-owner hours, some Laurel, Delaware. So for $68,000, fourth highest auction price ever on a 4255. And when I was looking at the list of the highest 4255 ever, the third one in the list was 72K. Now that was all the way back in March of 11 in Fredericksburg, Iowa. And that was the last 4255 ever made, a 92 model, had 1,850 hours on it then. And that same tractor is selling again November 26th on an auction in Lenox, South Dakota, uh, by Wester Auctions. I actually did a machine repeat preview video, YouTube video on that, and a podcast talking to the owner. And Gary Peterson is the guy. He's got six John Deere Open Station 40 and 50 series tractors selling. So again, that's in Lenox, South Dakota on the 26th, Saturday after okay. Thanksgiving. I told the guys, I said, you know, there's Black Friday shopping. Well, you, you dudes are going <laughs> to have a green Saturday. That's going to be big fun. 
All right. Uh, let's move quick here and, and bring us back to Hamilton, Illinois. Oh, last Monday. Get this. Sullivan Auctioneers online farm auction, 2014 John Deere, 9360 R, four-wheel drive, 786 hours, one owner, bareback. Sells for two hundred and ninety-seven thousand dollars. Oh. Forty-seven, forty-seven thousand over the record, and it was a bareback. That, and that's not pre-deaf preacher four. That goes back oh. to what you said, Chip. It's availability. Yeah. It's and then it's the end of the year. The tax buyers just jamming into this market now, and that's why I said at the end of October, it's like, folks, buckle up. Yeah. Yep. Hey, let's go preview because there's a big one coming up this Wednesday in South Dakota, right? Yeah. My friends at Weeman Land and Auction in Emory, South Dakota, retirement sale for Bruce and Rebecca Trevine online auction. But wow, 21 model John Deere 8R 230, 90 hours on it, four-year extended warranty, 17 model 9570RX track tractor, 540 hours, one owner. 18 model S760 combine. Go to WeemanAuction.com. Check it out, folks. It's going to be another hot one. I I think we could preview an auction just about anywhere right now, and we would wrap it up with it's going to be a hot one, Greg. Yeah. That's just, just the way it is. Yep. No That's doubt. right. Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great, Chip. All right, buddy. That's, uh, Wow. Just incredible how hot it is. We got Vince Malanga next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach in the grain markets here. Wheat may have backed off a little bit from the highs, but that's leading the way to the upside. What's going on? Well, corrective buying in the uh, the wheat market, Chip, and that's coming in the face of, of uh, outside markets, which are priced negative. The dollar is uh, solidly higher this morning on a corrective rebound, and um, you know from last week's sharp losses, and, and crude oil's under uh, some pressure. So uh, wheat is wheat is uh, kind of swimming upstream, and in the weekly inspections numbers that came out were woeful again on wheat, and, and uh, so we'll see if we can hold on to these corrective gains or not. But for now, uh, definitely working to the upside. Okay, what's happening in corn and soybeans? Well, those outside markets that are pressuring, um, or that I talked about before, are pressuring corn and soybeans. And, and uh, you know, COVID, uh, COVID numbers are spiking in, in China again. And, and so there's demand concerns there on, on both of those fronts. And, and just, uh, you know, kind of a negative uh, tone hanging over the market here to, to open up the week. Okay, take us to livestock trade. What's happening there? 
Yeah, uh, hog futures. I'll start there. That's the the positive side of things. So they're working to the upside and and uh, narrowing up the the spreads a little bit with the cash index and and uh, the cash continues to fall, but uh, probably just got a little bit too pessimistic there. And and so they're working to correct that a little bit um, because of the weakness in the corn market. We're seeing some strength in the feeder cattle, but not every contract and and it's uh, limited at at uh, best. So uh, kind of a mixed tone with a. a, a Mixed trade with firmer tone, I guess, is the best way to describe the figure cattle this morning. Uh, live cattle, uh, last week's cash trade was disappointing, yeah. and, and so we'll see where it shakes out this week, but uh, limited buyer interest here in a negative tone to kick off the week. Gotcha. All right, Brian, thank you so much. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Hey. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. Shout out to the All ladies. Right. <laughs> Little Timberlake. <laughs> For the ladies now. All right, excellent. Thank you, Davis. Appreciate that. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us uh, as we get another week started here on AgriTalk. Just a, uh, you know, it's a we. It it never ceases to to amaze me though that used machinery market, just how strong it is, mm-hmm. and some of the numbers that come bouncing out of it uh, mm-hmm. from from Greg Peterson every week. Okay, let's get Dr. Vince Malanga in here, president of LaSalle Economics. Vince, it's good to talk with you again. Hi, Chip. How you doing? Good, buddy. Good. Uh, the CPI data last week showed that the rate of inf- inflation slowed in October and the equity markets just jumped all over it. Did the stocks get it right, Vince? Well, you know, let's keep in mind that the CPI sort of reports old data and market-based measures of inflation, up-to-date measures of price changes have been weakening for several months. So it's about time now that those past price changes start to get reflected uh, in the measured price indexes. And I think I think we'll continue to see further progress in bringing inflation down as we move forward. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned the old, the, it, it's old data. It's backwards looking data. It, it, it seems like the Fed is very focused on some backwards looking data and that being the jobs data. It, is, is that fair to say? Oh, I think that's right. I think the Fed will raise again in December, although probably less than 75 basis points. But the Fed is going to be brought kicking and dragging to this party. And I think it's going to take a while longer uh, with further signs of weakness in the economy and further signs of weakness in inflation uh, before the Fed is willing to admit success. Uh, And at that point, I think uh, the markets will celebrate. But I think that point is coming, and I think the upcoming data on the economy and on inflation is really going to turn sour. Okay. Why why kicking and, stre- and screaming into this, Vince? Isn't the Fed supposed to be like – and I know that they haven't been, but you would have thought that if they've learned any lesson, that is to get out in front of markets and – I, I don't know if they're no, doing that. Get it know, in front of the data. You know, Chip, historically, the Fed likes to be kind of come kicking and screaming to the party. And they'd like, they like everybody to 
say, hey, you guys got to ease. You got to ease before they ease, just like they do the same with tightening. You got to tighten. You got to tighten. And eventually they come around. So they'll they'll lag. And, you know, they're fixated on inflation and they're worried about easing too soon uh, for fear that inflation may erupt again. So they're going to need to see convincing evidence. Uh, but I think you're going to see the economy soften up and the labor market soften up a lot in here over the next few months, and that'll give them the smoking gun they need. It, 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 well, the tech jobs, I mean, we know that we're losing and lost tech jobs already this month. Is is that our first kind of indicator that the jobs market is slowing? Well, you know, I think the first indicator was in mortgage finance. And uh, you see the banks laying people off in the mortgage departments. Now we're seeing the tech sell off. I think we're going to see the, you know, I think we're going to see it spread to the retail sector. uh, And I think also the leisure and hospitality uh, sector, which was the, you know, which will, uh, which will be the last to go. But this isn't your typical industrial recession. This is more a service sector recession. Okay, explain that a little more for us, Vince. Well, you know the cattle, the cat, the, the uh, caterpillars and the deers and the deers of the world and the steel companies are going to hold up better than otherwise because you have a lot of infrastructure spending going on. Eventually, you're going to get a rebuilding of the Ukraine, the oil and gas industry. Those things are going to be much less susceptible to the business cycle than they have in the past. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. You know, when when we got the word from Meta and and Twitter, and, uh, Twitter's a basket case, it seems like, but it's still fun to watch. Um, uh, but when we got the words of the lay, word of the layoffs coming, the NASDAQ responded very positively to those layoffs. It is it just because they feel like they're, the tech industry is jobs-heavy? Well, I think two things. Number one, uh, they know that the tech sector is jobs-heavy. Uh, these guys have never had the experience of cutting costs before, unlike the caterpillars and the deers of the world. So they want to see expense control. That's number one. Okay. Number two, to see weakness in that area, which has been the fastest growing, also will reverberate back to the general economy, and that spells lower interest rates. So the NASDAQ is very sensitive to both expense control and lower interest rates, and they're likely to get both. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Vince, do you like the Fed governor's, and I say that plural possessive, willingness to speak to the media, to make their opinions known on what they think should be happening? No, I've been arguing for I don't know how long now that we would be better off with a closed mouth policy rather than an open mouth policy. Well, the open mouth policy, you lose the you you lose the ability to shock the market, right? Well, I think I think that's right. And, you know, that's been a concern. I mean, that's been their goal over the past. You know, since the Bernanke era, which was sort of don't surprise the market. Telegraph, telegraph your intentions, et cetera, et cetera. But that takes a little bit of mystery out of the market, and I think that uh, I think ultimately that's bad rather than good. Okay. Okay. Uh, the dollar index is higher today. 
more than oh well it's almost 600 ticks higher here today but man last week just got its butt kicked what what kind of impact does that have on your on your outlook for the economy yeah i think that's part of the process you know i think the dollar may very well have peaked uh, and in fact if the market sense that a change in said policy is coming and interest rate differentials start to narrow uh, the dollar should start to come under pressure. Dollars comes under pressure. It's good for emerging markets and it's good for commodities, but it also spells an easing of financial conditions. And that's, I think, one of the problems here. Yeah, financial conditions are easing in terms of the weakness of the dollar and in terms of the rally in equities. And so the Fed isn't so pleased to see that immediately or at least in, uh, in, a, in a sharp manner. Uh, and so that's going to help keep the Fed restrained. They don't want to do too much too quickly. What you mentioned it for commodities, but just talk about the ag industry in in general. How do, how does the dollar help the ag industry? Well, I think it makes it makes our products cheaper, and it makes uh, I mean, I'm sorry, it makes uh, imports less expensive, and uh, so the uh, foreigners can buy uh, can buy more. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, emerging market debt. A lot of emerging market debt is dollar-based. Uh, and so as a result of that, as the dollar goes down, it eases the financial burden and therefore gives them the wherewithal in order to buy more commodities. Okay. All right. Um, now, let's not forget in terms of agriculture, you know, you have to bring the Ukraine into that. And any kind of peace overture or whatever uh, in the Ukraine would supersede uh, any com- any exchange related uh, phenomena in terms of agricultural products. So my guess would be the initial reaction to any kind of peace overture in the Ukraine uh, would be lower commodity prices. Okay. All right. Uh, we gained some clarity over the weekend regarding the election. Still need some districts to finish counting votes in some of the House races. We've got the runoff coming in Georgia on the Senate side. I don't even know if this is a fair question, knowing what we know right now. But knowing what we know right now, are there any economic signals that we should be taking from the elections? Well, you know, I think if if the pundits are right uh, and the Republicans gain control of the House, I don't think it's going to matter too much whether they have control by five votes or 50 votes. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. number one. Uh, I think there's a certain degree of gridlock. Uh, that's going to be uh, in place over the next year and a half. And therefore, I think there should be little to be done uh, in terms of excessive spending or tax increases. So I think that would be a positive. Okay, so spending starts in the House. Um, all I've heard, Vince, is that if if the GOP takes the House, that deficit cutting, even debt cutting, is going to be on the agenda. Do you agree with that? Well, debt cutting, <laughs> I mean, the uh, debt ceiling has to be raised in December, uh, and I suspect ultimately that will happen, hopefully without a government shutdown. Uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, let's not forget the House can pass legislation, but the pres- president still has to sign it. So that's number two, and he's going to veto anything that uh, involves a reduction in spending. Number three, there's no question that the defense budget is going to have to be rebuilt uh, because of all the inventory we've drawn down over the past year. So 
So that's number three, and that's going to require increased spending. Uh, what, the, what the House can do uh, is they can refuse to appropriate in certain areas, and that's where the horse trading takes place. Uh, but they can refuse, refuse to refuse to appropriate, nor they can operate on a continuing resolution, which basically holds spending in place. But there's going to be a strong effort by the House to increase defense spending, or I should say by the Republicans, and that's where the horse trading is. Gotcha, gotcha. Ten seconds on this, Vince. Will we see an interest rate cut in 2023? Uh, we're certainly not going to see more than one or two interest rate increases. I, I suspect that by sometime in the spring, uh, they may build the expectation for an interest rate cut. Uh, okay. But I wouldn't, Thanks, I wouldn't get the ranch on that. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here with Chip Flory. Glad to have you back, buddy. We missed you Friday. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, before I... Hey, I listened on the way out. It was a well done free for all, by the way. Yeah, some of it, some of it hit the marks. Um, oh, yeah, you know what? You can tell me more about how great it was after today's yields in the fields. <laughs> yields in the fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic: The Science of More. Discover our proven products. Text yields to three one three one three. And let's head southward to the great state of Missouri. I think it's Missouri for the locals. Um, we will show you St. Louis County, East Central Missouri corn yields. Five to ten bushels per acre above APH. Pretty good considering it was dry and then we had 11 inches during one rain event late in July. Yields in the fields brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic. We don't talk a whole lot about, uh, about Missouri crops, but, uh, five to ten bushels above, uh, APH. Boy, you, you hate to well, uh, cast any shade on that. Yeah, absolutely, and especially after the growing season that they had. It was yeah. up and down and all around in 2022. So if you could get to APH and maybe even beat it a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah, it, every, everything everything turned out right for you at the end, if that's the case. Yep, absolutely. Uh, good to hear from Dr. Vince. Um yeah. I guess I'm, I'm not sure if he sees any immediate changes right no. now, um, but maybe that's what, what we need. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I didn't ask him specifically about housing because he had brought it. He brought it up on his own early in the conversation mm-hmm. about some of the when when we were talking about jobs, and and I said, did we get the first sign from the tech industry last week with Meta, with Twitter, with other tech companies announcing layoffs? Uh, and he said, no, uh-uh, really, you got to go back even further to the finance industry and some of the layoffs in the in the mortgage business um, mm-hmm. that that has already taken place was really the start of the slowdown in the jobs. And now it's starting to move through other sectors. Did so, I and did I see late last week mortgage rates back at the uh, the seven percent level? The average uh, mortgage rate, Davis. I haven't checked it this morning. I, I don't know. I I haven't seen it this okay. morning either. But even okay, so let's let's say it's a six point eight rather than okay. a seven. That still feels slightly prohibitive to growth in housing sales. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question that that it is prohibitive to the wow. Okay, so I just Googled it. Okay. All I all I did was Google it. Okay. But on the 30-year, it's 7.24. 7. On the 15-year, 6.2. Um, okay. hmm. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Y- yes, absolutely. That's the kind of I, – I mean, I remember back in 1991 when I was buying my first house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of looked at an eight. It was an eight, eight and a half percent, and yeah. I remember looking at that, thinking to myself, "Well, that's not so bad." Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I had lunch. You know? I had lunch with a couple on Saturday, and they were talking about. I think it was 1980. They said, and I don't want to say the exact number, but it was in the teens. The yeah. uh, the the thirty year. At that yeah. point, I thought, oh, my right. gosh, so, well, that, that so makes that the, a, a 7.2 it, not seem so bad. You're right. Yeah, but eight, eight, eight and a half on the way down doesn't feel so bad. Right. Uh, but 7.2 on the way up feels like mm-hmm. something that you can't deal with. Well, and this is this is a bounce, too. You know, oh, it was yeah. it was below that seven just a few weeks ago. And now here we are again. Back above seven. Yeah, crazy. And that's in Iowa, by the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it's the the housing market is definitely signaling that there is a slowdown taking place out there. I don't think there's any question mm-hmm. about that. Well, and speaking of molasses in January, Chip, I don't know if you've ever tried to pour molasses <laughs> it's in January. in November. Oh, it, it's Malanga in November. Right. Very okay. nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, temperatures. Yeah, it, I don't know, man. Um, frost on the windshields and all that sort of stuff. You know, okay, I get it. It's it's November and everything, but uh, it it seems like a bit of an abrupt change, just all of a sudden. I don't know yeah. in your neck of the woods if it feels that way. Where I'm at, it certainly feels abrupt. Absolutely. You know, we're going to be down to a, a a low of three degrees on Sunday morning, is what the forecast is calling for right now. Um, that's, uh, yeah, we're, we're making the transition pretty quick here to cold weather and it's not just the Midwest. We've been talking for so long about 
when the the heating season really hits high gear in the northeast that's when we are going to find out just how much heating oil just how much diesel fuel just how much heating capacity mm-hmm. we have stocked up in this country and by this time eh call it 10 days call it 10 days davis i think we're going to be figuring out how well we are positioned to get us through the end of the year and uh, maybe maybe we won't have it figured out for the whole heating season, but we're going to have a lot better idea in 10 days than what we've got right now. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Check in this afternoon with the markets. Currently the Deese Corn unchanged, 658. Soybeans, double-digit losses. Uh, looks like meal looks and oil are lower. The, the hard red wheat looks good. Spring wheat, not sure. too shabby. Can't wait to yep. have a look. What about the livestock? Yep. Ah, mixed in the cattle, higher in the hogs. Yep. And, I mean, there's another good reason to tune in for this afternoon. We've got Scott Davis on here. You know, it's that other Davis. Oh, guy. the other that, Davis. Great. That, yeah. Great. Well, I know that you enjoy the conversation. <laughs> He's good Scott stuff. Davis. All day long. Open trading. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening this morning. Thanks to Greg Peterson, of course. I mean, just more information than we can really absorb about what's going on in the used machinery market. And thanks to Dr. Malanga for coming on as well. Join us this afternoon, 206 Central.